Bloody Elbow presents Care Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of Care Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson, <laughs> author of Fight, everything you ever wanted to know about ass-kicking, but we're afraid you get your ass kicked for asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack, and the brand new Bad Boss Brief. Normally, we'd be joined by John Nash, but he is still away visiting his family. So hopefully we'll see him back next week or the following one. But for the purpose of today, we will be looking forward to UFC 286. But Eugene has an announcement to make. Eugene. (laughs) I, I, I really just want everyone here to kindly step to the rear and let a winner like me lead the way. (laughs) I'm ensconced with a couple. You know, John is not here on purpose. He just can't stand the heat in the kitchen of my winning ways. (laughs) (laughs) Not not only winning, actually just crushing him. Crushing. I think I I don't think that's too strong of a word to use. Now, John and I finished exactly the same, but I feel like he, you crushed him more than me. I, I think so. I, I, yeah. I, I, I really, in my heart of hearts, believe that, you know, his failures are, are Brobdenagian. <laughs> uh, so, so let's, let's go ahead and take a look at last night's card. We'll be starting. Yes, let, let's, let's we'll be starting that. at the top. <laughs> Piotr Jan versus Merab Dvalishvili. Wow, what a display. I mean, Dvalishvili and Jan probably both set records. I know Dvalishvili did for most attempted takedowns at 48. Yeah. Um, And uh, Jan probably set a record for most defended takedowns because I believe – uh, Merab landed something like 14 or 18 or something along those lines. But I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a, it was insane. It, yeah. It's it, <sighs> it, if, if I had slowed down and thought about this, you know, there's certain fight, like, I don't know if you remember Chris Rock, who is a piece of shit um, that he did a piece uh, years ago when he had a show, when he interviewed boxers and it was about the race breakdown in boxers. He interviewed black boxers and said, asked if they had ever been beaten by a white boxer. And, you know, this was a punchline for the whole skit, essentially, because they hadn't. And um, but he, he at one point he got some guy who reflected on it and he just goes, do you when you get in the in the ring, because this was just boxers, do you he goes, it's not even a it's not even a possibility. And if I would thought about this for a bit, like where Marab is from, <clears throat> you got to understand the, the Georgian psychology. They don't. It's not like we're Russia, you know, uh, uh, these people in these satellite, so-called satellite countries do not necessarily feel like 
we're Russian, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had to be, but okay. Yeah. You know, we speak the same way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and he mentioned this, he made mention of this at the end in his post fight. So I didn't think about the fact that there was like probably no way that he was going to let himself, you would have had to actually murder him in there to keep him from doing his level best to keep to win, which is what he, he did that and more. So, so. The, the attempts, I was off by one. He actually attempted 49 takedowns. Yeah. And he landed 11 of them. I that's mean, madness. That, it, it is. So that means that 38 takedowns were defended by... And also, also you need to keep in mind, to be able to deliver that many takedowns during the course of a fight... What the hell? What what the hell was his training like? Yeah, and still be as energized as all get out after the fight. He is okay. a whole different breed. Now, I saw a video of him, and I I quote tweeted it because it's insane. He is swimming in an Olympic size swimming pool, and he dives in at one end, and he's swimming underwater, and he does not lift his head and he's and this is a public pool so there's other people in it so he's navigating around people too but he doesn't lift his head at all ever until he gets to the other end and then down the l because it's shaped like an l it's super long and then there's a short right turn so he did not stop until he got to the end and made the L and got all the way to the steps and then he lifted his head he held his breath under there for Ever, it seemed like. I, I should go and look and see how long the video is, but I'm afraid it will like start and give me a bunch of, au- of audio feedback. So I'm not going to do that, but it is insane. Well, you know, I, I, I interviewed the guy who started this thing called uh, the Underwater Torpedo League, and he's a former uh, Navy SEAL and wanted to do something to deal with PTSD and just had to have fun. And it's essentially like... It's like uh, soccer underwater, except soccer, if you could use your hands, they used to throw a little torpedo back and forth. And he said that he's studied and found out that if you're doing something underwater, you can actually hold your breath for a lot longer than if you just kind of try to hold your breath. So, you know, swimming underwater that long. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty amazing. Uh, but he is technically doing something underwater. But then because it's me. I just want to I want to introduce a little conspiracy for you. <laughs> oh goodness, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, in in my day, back in the bodybuilding day when, you know, performance enhancing drugs were de rigueur, it I could never people say, "Can you tell if people are taking?" I said, "No, I can't. Uh, there's only one way I can tell." And then they go, "What's that?" I go, "If I work out with a guy, I can tell if a guy is using because he said there's no refractory time." They go, what do you mean? I go, you know, usually like you had to wait 30 seconds, 60 seconds, a minute, two minutes between sets. Not not when you're on, you're bing, 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 bing. You can just you just keep going forever. And uh, but that, you know, that's not always a reliable indicator. And I just mentioned that here by way of, you know, hope everything works out with the USADA testing. That's all. OK, I um, I'll allow it. That, yep. The the only reason why I'm allowing it, I don't I don't subscribe to it, but um I'm I'm absolutely going to allow it. I'm not going to give you the the same thing. Last last week's conspiracy was a little more uh, far reaching, but this one is not. I mean, yeah. we have not seen anybody uh, with cardio like that. I mean, the closest that comes to that would probably be Colby Covington, and he doesn't even approach the levels of oxygenation and um, muscle response that 
Mehrab Dawalishvili is displaying. I mean, it is yeah. insane. The yeah. cardio, I mean, and I see a lot of people using the term weaponized cardio. It is so apt. That is the yep. perfect descriptor. Now, yep. his his strikes are not super impactful, but when they're lobbed on you in bunches and bunches and bunches and bunches and mixed in with I mean, endless, endless takedowns. That's got to be so hard to defend against. He is also right in the pocket a lot, too. He's always pushing the pace. In boxing terms, he would be known as a great ring general. Yeah. Because he, he was steering him all over the cage and... Again, I don't subscribe to it. I, I actually believe that he might be all natural, but yep, so so do I. And so do I. I will absolutely allow that because you never know. Just like Eugene yep. said, and Eugene's not right next to him. So yeah, right, right. So I just yep. it's it just something. I, if you want want to know what was going through my head watching it, that was it. It flittered briefly on that. Um, you know, the David Grant issue, then that's another story. However, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yes, yes. All right. So overall, I liked the fight a lot. I have a problem that they did not award this fight, fight of the night, because if any fight on this card was fight of the night, it was probably that one. And Mm -hmm. I kind of feel that it was intentional because Dana is not happy once again with someone from Sarah Longo. Now, the reason this time is because Merab and Aljo have been very vocal about the fact that they will not fight each other. Mm-hmm. And that's fine by me because, because when you train with someone like that, there has to be some level of loyalty. I don't have a problem with teammates not want to, wanting to fight each other. The roster is enormous. There's yep. enough fighters to be able to fight without Dana having to force to to fight each other. Yeah, Aljo but that's not, also, his, that's, that's, that's not his scumbag way. So. And exactly. Aljo has said that he's going to move up. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, Merab is willing to wait. But Dana, even in the post-fight presser, says, we've all seen how that works out for guys. So if he wants to do that, that's fine by me. And the yeah. way he said that reminds me of the way he treated Aljo when Aljo, back in 2016, had the audacity to speak out on, on fighter pay and to uh, mention that when his contract was up, he would like to explore free agency to, to get the best value for him and his family. And hey. right, right then that's when we saw Aljo, despite spectacular wins. I mean, he got the first solu of stretch on that card because there were two of them, believe it or not, that Zabi got his Aljo's was first and was probably better. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no, despite wins, big wins like that, when he started really um, showing some development in his striking and he w- was putting on these beautiful striking displays, he was still being buried on the prelims. It wasn't until he was fighting for the belt or actually defending that he got his first co-main event spot. That's yeah, COVID yeah. event. So I'm looking at that and I'm reminded, it's a stark reminder for me of the Aljo era when I'm hearing Dana speak about Merab and his idea to not fight Aljo for the belt. I think Dana wants that so that they can promote some inner team blood rivalry that does not exist yeah, because he's yeah. salacious and that's what they would do. 
Well, and, 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 you know, this is, this is the thing, <laughs> you know, the sport would dictate one thing, you know, his personal peccadillos d- d- dictate something else. I mean, who, who would want that? And besides which, let me tell you something. It, this is not always a good fight. If you've ever seen a fight where teammates fight, they're not always the best fights, mm-hmm. you know, um, because they're just not always the best fights, you know, because you have two people in there who really don't want it one don't want to be there it's like porno when nobody wants to be there that's horrible and um and two they they sometimes they fight like it they fight like they yeah, don't they're want holding to be there. back they're loyal yeah. to each other it's yeah. a terrible idea in my opinion to make them do that now when the roster was much less dense back in the john jones rashad evans days that fight made sense in the fact that there genuinely was a rivalry because remember greg jackson chose john jones over rashad evans and because of that that whole devolution of that team that made sense and the and sure the roster was not as deep and when rashad and johnny were friends when when they first were working together when they had said you know we don't want to fight each other but that quickly came apart you know greg jackson made his choice and that was that totally different scenario to hear though yeah, you know, correct. Here we have a super thick roster. You know, there's 600 guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on, there's yeah, and, right. and in bantamweight, we're we're adding guys all the time. Bantamweight is, is, and that division, in my opinion, is the murderer's row, the real one. But but you, I mean, you know what? It's not about that. It's about yeah. you do what I say. Exactly. <laughs> you, That's you know, right. which is horrible. It's it's for me personally, it's horrible to see that kind of pettiness combined with power, you know, it just yes. doesn't, it just, it just stinks. I, I like, I'm sorry. I like, you know, magnanimity. I like, you know, noblesse oblige, like the, you know, sure you got, yeah, whatever. But he, what he's thinking is, well, if I let them do it, then let them, he's a grown adult man we're talking about. If I let them do it, then everybody will want to do it. Okay. All right. Sure. Everybody that argument. Yeah, for sure. Co-main event. Volkov looked sensational, but was that because Romanov looked terrible? Hmm. There's uh, there's sh- some yeah. there's some external factors here and we need to address them all. One Eugene will love. I'll leave that for last because I want to book in what I'm going to say with something positive. So we'll start with the negative, and that is Alexander Romanov. I could not help but notice that when he was walking out, they talked specifically about him not wanting to leave home for camp. He did not, and I quote, he didn't feel like leaving home for his camp. So he stayed in Moldova and trained with guys there. That's how they posed it, with guys there. Not with some certain team or anything like that. Not that he'd brought someone in from his normal team. No, no, no. He decided to stay in Moldova and train, quote, with guys there. And it looked like it. He also came in about 20, 25 pounds heavier than he normally does. They were noting that his last fight, he was like in the neighborhood of 240 or 245, something like that. And he came in at 264 in this one. So Mm -hmm. that is the bad. Let's get to the good. Alexander Volkov decided that He wanted to step up his grappling game. So he flies over to the United States of California and he does this six months out 
his this fight was never even made. He just wanted to get better. So he mm-hmm. comes to the United States and he's training intensive grappling. And that also showed. So Eugene, I'm going to turn it over to where, you. Where, where, did, where did he train? Uh, that's the one thing I've got to find that out. I am not sure because I didn't catch it, but I just like the idea that he didn't like his grappling. He didn't have a fight book and decided, Hey, I'm going to go to the United States and I'm going to train nonstop grappling. Yep. Listen, I, I call that the uh, the Crapanzano uh, methodology. Um, and just briefly, I'll try to get through the story quickly. Uh, uh, at one point, I was taking a trig test in high school. And I, I it, it's a, the teacher says time. And I say to my friend Kenny, I go, what's the answer to number nine? And he gives me the answer. And I just write it down. I said, fuck it. I took a flyer, right? I get the test back. Crapanzano, who was a teacher, had not given me the points for the the, the the question I clearly cheated on. And I said, oh, Mr. Crapizano, I wrote the right answer there. You didn't give me credit for it. He says, ah, I tell you what, playboy, which is what he used to call me. Come to the board. And if you can do the work right now on the board, I'll give you your 10 points. And of course, what I did immediately after that test, went to lunch and asked my friend Kenny, how did you get to that answer? And Kenny showed me and I kind of went through it. And I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, okay, I got it. So when Crapizano called me to the board, I did the work. I handed him the chalk. He, you know, this dramatic display as he turns it around and he looks and sees I've done it and snatches a paper from me and gives me the 10 and says, go sit down. This is what Volkov did. You know, he didn't have to, didn't have to do that, but realized that this is going to be a fact, a long term factor in that division. It is mixed martial arts. You will get murked out there. Like uh, DC said uh, last fight, the John Jones fight, he said, do you notice how often wrestling or wrestling adjacency factors in to the championship, to the, you know, to where we are in the, in like in the top 10, it's all across the board and, you know, uh, good, good, good on Volkov to realize that. Uh, I, I, I regret not having picked him. You didn't even pick this fight at all. Oh. Uh, John and I picked it. You you decided to pass on it, but I bet you won't next time because Volkov looks sensational in there. He really did. Well, and and he's also he's in that place too, where yeah. he's in that Liddell space for me, where I keep where I keep saying ah, I'm not going to pick him. Ah, I'm going to soft. And, he, and every time I do that, he wins. So <laughs> it, you know, it's about time for me to just give up and not picking him. <laughs> All right. So we get to Nikita Krilov and Ryan Spun, and you did pick Krilov, and that was a smart choice. But I will say this. They put on one hell of a display for the, the few minutes that we got to watch. For the three and a they, half minutes up until the submission, they were scrambling. Ryan Spann was doing well. Nikita was doing well. It was back and forth. Nikita is a much better grappler in that I don't think he would have panicked the way Ryan did and tapped so fast. Would you agree? Um. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's a th- if you want a difference between a black belt and a white belt, the use of jujitsu memes. It's like the stuff that you'll you realize that you need to tap to changes and yeah i think i think ryan but also i think ryan was surprised that nikita came out as hard as he did and that's something that he should never have been surprised about yeah yeah because nikita's i mean he's notoriously durable and an an incredible wrestler 
So yeah. I was expecting um, an, a good battle because Ryan Spann is pretty decent uh, jujitsu specialist. Now he's not the greatest, but he he's got decent jujitsu. It showed last night. It's just that he hasn't got good confidence in that because the way he tapped told me that he didn't know what to do to get out of what he was in. And that triangle was was I mean it was not it was not leaving the building without its flowers. <laughs> well, th- well then also too you know it's not i I don't know it's uh, you don't uh i mean when was the last time you saw somebody in a larger larger man triangle another larger man it's it's something that you know i'm doing when i don't have my leg in this thing i'm doing jujitsu seven days a week and it's something i can comfortably count on not happening that often yeah Uh, um you know and i roll with larger guys and they're just not the hip mobility is not going to be there and and i have to tell you watching it i was like Oh no, I was like cheering, but I was like, man, what deviltry, how did he do this? Yeah. (laughs) And and also I felt like, damn, this could have been three rounds of awesome fighting because that, that fight was bonkers. It was really, really good. I know we poo pooed it when we first heard about it, but holy shit, that was a good fight. Well, have you ever seen? They, they, have you ever seen? You can find it on YouTube. Um, this thing where they match up. It's it's their cop videos, and they match up a guy with a gun and a guy with a knife. Oh, and goodness. the guy with the knife is always gets off first, right? Because what the guy with the knife starts doing is starts running toward the guy with the gun. So the guy with the gun at that point, his brain is in flight flight mode, and he's backing up and always fumbling with the the, the whole, getting the gun out of the holster and getting the draw. By the time that the person with the knife is on them, so this is like, and it, you know they run these things. You can watch through. I remember one day watching at least five or six. Never saw the guy with the gun get off first, right? So that's the thing. Ryan Span steps in there. And if you got the cardio, you got the the, the, the technical skill, and the no, and you, you can do it like Marib or 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 Nikita. Yeah, it's really it's really hard to find somebody who who's on that kind of pressure can kind of respond in kind. It's all of a sudden all this stuff is flooding into your head, and Ryan. You know, his lack of time in the gym, like they were talking, oh, I didn't really have time to train or not for this fight that he had stepped up for this fight. But traditionally, that's something that you develop over time. And maybe somebody who's on his team should get get him doing these panic drills because he needs to figure out what to do going on his back foot. Right, because he had a complete adrenaline dump, and that, and yeah. the, um, I don't think it was that he gassed himself out. I think he panicked so hard in that triangle that everything left him. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's safe to say. All right, let's get to uh, Jonathan Martinez versus Saeed Nurmagomedov. Um, <laughs> I, I love this fight. Um, hmm. That decision left me scratching my head a little bit. I that, hmm. Maybe a draw. I mean, not even a draw. Maybe a draw. Maybe a split, but a unanimous. Hmm. I, I, I don't I know it. if I, I see it. I, I'm comfortable with it. Really? Yep. Okay. I'm comfortable with it. Okay. Um, I, I mean, I just saw, I just saw, um, a lot more, uh, yeah, I'm a hundred percent comfortable with it. Okay. You know? Okay. I didn't want to cry robbery because I didn't think it was a robbery. As I said, I would have been fine with a draw or even a split decision in Martinez favor. Mm-hmm. I was just, shocked a little bit that it was a complete unanimous decision that there was no disagreement whatsoever you know yep 
this one is 100% going Jonathan's way. You know, I looked at his body language, too. Um, I I looked at the dude's body, and I I think Saeed understood. You know, he did the whole thing of like, what? But before they announced, I... I, I, his body language told me that he thought that uh, he didn't have he didn't have enough answers in enough places to seem like he felt comfortable with the idea that he was actually going to eke out eke out a win. Methinks thou doth not protest enough. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's like, or doth uh, protesting something along. You get it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta show out like, oh, this is terrible. But I think he, I, you know, it, but. It's also, I think it's in the manageable range. I think they should feel comfortable with that. Like what he would have to do to make sure something like this never happens again is to make some adjustments and change. But Martinez certainly was, I mean, I, I was super impressed with him and he's become a, a care for me. He he, he had just decided, clear, he had just decided, no, not today. <laughs> not today, Satan. Not today. <laughs> All right. Uh, Anton Turkali taking that unanimous loss to Vitor Petrino. Um, yeah. Anton Tarkali needs to go back to the drawing board. I mean, he's clearly, uh, got natural athletic ability, but he doesn't know how to direct it. He doesn't have, um, any kind of fight IQ to speak of. And then he's up against Vitor Petrino, Petrino, who, is an amazing athlete and full of fast twitch fibers. Um, he gasped, but he recovered like the whole second round. I feel like he took off a bit. It's weird. It's weird. You know, I, I, I watched every single, single fight and, and then, you, but you're mentioning this one and I'm kind of like, eh? yeah, it was, <laughs> so that, that it was it a all. fight that happened. How about that? It, this was the one that opened up the, um, the main card. So uh-huh. anyways, uh, there's one that there's a fight that we did not pick that's important because a sensational submission happened, but it happened as a result. <laughs> I don't want to go with this. Okay. Yeah, it happened as a result of something else, and I feel like somehow, some way, Rafael Asuncao, if that point and the stand up on the feet didn't happen, that maybe he might have been able to eke out. Uh, that old man win again because remember he he did that in his last fight but was not to happen and Davy Grant got one of the wildest submissions I've ever seen I mean that was truly remarkable Eugene I'd love to hear what your your take on it is well it was interesting and then what he it was it was you know it, on my team at one point this guy uh, Black Belt came from Brazil. And he was, you know, rolling with the team. Everybody rolls, especially in no gi. You roll, you know, you roll, we roll, we all roll together. And uh, he, a blue belt, uh, a pretty talented blue belt uh, in gi, but in no gi, no belt, was rolling with him and taps him. And he says, he stops, they're on the mat, and he said, hey, you know, in Brazil, we don't tap black belts. You know, in other words, there's some protocol that if you do get a black belt in a compromising situation, you're a better part of valor. You just let, let go and yes, coach, yeah, professor, and you move on. And the guy just looked at him and said, "Well, we're not in Brazil, <laughs> you know." So in 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 this instance, what I think, you know, uh, uh, Rafael was Rafael was uh, was it seemed to me like he was expecting that that Davy Grant would realize he was down two rounds and just sort of 
that, that they were just going to coast through that he was like he, he was doing some kind of actuarial thing like the guy has to know he's down two rounds there's no way that he he he's going to be able to knock me out this third round because i'm gonna you know escape bird dog him a little bit um and davy grant was like already down a point for <laughs> you know for the fence grab which i thought was a legitimate call that was a that was a game-changing possibly yeah. game-changing fence grab i mean that was a real fence grab yes, like it if, was. If, if, it yeah if i if i don't do that then i'm going down and i did it i could understand it was automatic and not intentional but well you can't give the guy the benefit of it so he didn't i think he thought that davy grant was going to go Ah, uh, there'll be other days. <laughs> Davy Grant absolutely did not do that. He he said, you know, I don't want to have to wait for those other days. Uh, you know, I have some time here. I'm going to work with the time, and um, ended up doing. You know, this is kind of interesting. Uh, this is an interesting submission, like a. a body lock submission i learned off of youtube actually and pulled it on the guy who i was just talking about who tapped the black belt and i and then i told him afterward i go i just got that from youtube where you lace the um and it usually comes from if you're sitting on the guy's head and like about to do a, a kimura and he decides to like roll um you can slip your legs there and it looks like kind of goofy like it wouldn't work but clearly that is incorrect <laughs> yeah, no. and what's in what and what what makes it is what he's doing with the top half of his body. So I don't know if you saw it, but when he they disengaged, mm-hmm. you could you could see it was like Grant had a tattoo along his along the, uh, the 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 transverse of his chest. He had been gripping so hard, so there was like this just this deep red mark uh, horizontally across his chest, you know, um, which is what got me to start staring at his chest. And I was like, I don't know, you know, they call me the nipple whisperer, but these nipples look slightly suspect. I don't want to keep raising that, but I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just, my, my eyes are telling me one thing. So whatever. I'm glad USADA is in there doing what they're supposed to do. I just got questions sometimes. But what did you think about the restart though? Because the restart on the feet was wrong. I mean, come on. Even Paul Felder said, and I quote, I'd rather have the position than the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. At, at, at that, I mean, that, at that contributed point. a lot to that submission. Yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. But I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see them necessarily as being causally connected because um, where they were before with the fence grab, um, Rafael was going to, hundred uh, percent guarantee, was going to use that to finagle the clock right like he's just gonna you know i'm just gonna i'm trying to burn up time here i'm not trying to submit the guy i'm not you know i'll deliver a few grace elbows to his jaw or something but i'm not really so i think that refs in the past few weeks that i've seen and a a disturbing development i think have been doing things to geek up the action when they didn't have to you know if a guy like in uh joe rogan last fight hojo gain said uh he goes if a guy is making moves on the bottom i i do not think you stand it up because it's not exciting enough this is the game you know and there was one fight where it was noticeable and and uh hogan said I don't like this. And I was like, wow, he and I are finally on the same page on something, you know, because it was like bullshit. The guy was doing stuff on the ground that was like legitimate stuff to be done on the ground. And you're going to stand them up because somebody in the audience goes, ooh, you know, no, 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 no. This in this instance, I, I was OK with that. 
All right. There's a couple of fights that I'm just going to address really quick because they had submissions. This one I loved because Cedric Dumas or SD is the guy that has the domestic violence charge that went, went as a no contest. This guy is also during the weigh-ins. He tried to scare Josh Fremd by jumping into his face at the weigh-ins. And, oh, I didn't see that. Oh my gosh. Josh didn't blink, didn't move, didn't <laughs> He just registered nothing like a damn shark. Okay. Yeah. And then he goes in there and gets that guillotine. And oh yeah, very satisfying uh, win for me. Yeah, and there was this um there was this great that great uh high amplitude hip throw too that he got. He got mm-hmm. I was like, Oh yeah. I wonder how it feels. Yes, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Uh I keep thinking of Kinjate, that, that Charles Bronson movie, and at the end of it, it was a very strange movie, but he, he sends a molester into, of course, you know, the darkest depths of a prison hell where the guy is subsequently serially abused and as you hear his screams and the doors close bronson looks at the camera goes now that's justice (laughs) (laughs) and that is the perfect way to sum that up i i love that yep yep yep, the only other one i wanted to discuss really quick was bruno silva taking out tyson nam good god almighty wow That was yeah. insane too. Well, I, that's the thing where I, I, I've, I've been soft at Tyson Nam. Yeah. I should have, I should have picked, but I didn't see that. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't Bruno Silva that. looks damn good. Yeah, that that, that was pretty good. <laughs> so, sorry, Tyson for, for, for <laughs> enjoying uh, this too much. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. So all right. That, so we are going to break down UFC 286. Eugene, give us what we need. Crybabies, bedwetters, greedy bread gobblers, work shy individuals, malingerers, fault finders. This has less to do with your skills and talents as a fighter, and much more to do with the marketing have to wait put behind you by the overlords, the now no longer failed IPO folks at Endeavor, and or the bald one and the UFC. If you don't like being on the don't care side of the equation, the solution is simple: fight an exciting fight. All right, and it's bedwetters. Don't come crying to us, bedwetters. <laughs> greedy bread, greedy bread gobblers, which I left out. <laughs> All right. So I do have John's picks. He sent them. So as we go, I will list his picks. Um, we are going to do what we always do. We're going to start at the bottom and work our way up from the topology quick sheet. As always, bout order is subject to change. First up. Veronica Macedo taking on Juliana Miller at Women's Flyweight. I don't care. Uh, nor do I. And neither does John. Yeah, well, why don't we say he did it? it, it, it he makes oh, it. Yeah. We can't do that. I tried. Next up at Lightweight, we have Jai Herbert taking on Ludovic Klein. Hmm. It's a good fight. I mean, this card, I will admit, this card is nice. Very, very nice. But I, it's so far down on the card. This fight has, I mean, this card has 15 fights on it. That's that's pretty far down. But I, I do sort of like this fight. But I'm going to take a flyer on it. John is yeah. as well. All well, right. because, yeah, because of Herbert, I, I, I would ordinarily pay attention to it. But not 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 where we, when they are, no. Exactly. It, sometimes the opponent makes a difference, and that's, you know, 
Now, when this card was first announced, this fight that I'm going to say next was actually on the main card. And I was just stunned by it. I'm glad that they fixed that because the other ladies fight that has quite a bit of impact they had in this position. And mm-hmm. I made a, I made a tweet yesterday. I was like, my God, I hope they, they switched the bout order because this is wrong. But Joanne Wood versus Luana Carolina at flyweight. This is a fight I don't care about. Joanne Wood is on a terrible run and Luana Carolina is okay, but she's not at the point or level where I'm, going to recommend people watch her so i'm going to pass on this john's mm-hmm. going to pass on it and i bet eugene is too yeah yeah i am i mean i i, I like uh joanne wood uh, mostly because you know her dude and that's i've been internet friends for a while but i look you know i i, I am not going to post up for this honestly all righty uh let's see here Next up, we have Christian Leroy Duncan. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me take that back. We have Jake Hadley versus Malcolm Gordon. And this is at Flyweight. I don't care. No, no, no. I'm I'm not there. All right. Now we get to Christian Leroy Duncan taking on Dusko Todorovic. I don't care. Almost almost for Dusko, but not nah, no. Right. Then we get to the, the the better parts of the prelims. We have Lerone Murphy taking on Gabriel Santos at 145. Nice fight, but I don't care. Um, yeah, I'm not at that point where I'm recommending these fights as must-watch yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out. All right. Next up, Muhammad Mokayev taking on Jafel Filio. Now, I really like Mokayev. He's, he's, uh, you know, next big thing at 125, but I'm not overly familiar with Filio. Uh, he does carry a 14 and two record in here. Mm-hmm. And Mohamed Makayev is eight and oh, this is a fight that matters. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick it, but it's not one that I would recommend. I am going to take Mokayev here. Why? He's better. I I feel like I, you know I don't know a whole lot about Filio, but I do know about Mokayev, and I I I believe he's gonna be um a force to be reckoned with. Honestly, he's a great wrestler. And Filio is is what's his record? Fourteen and two. He's out of Brazil. Hmm. All right. Just keep things interesting. I'll take him. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And John is not picking this fight. Sure. He probably wants to see who wins out of this one, I would imagine, because that's that's probably where these guys are. Uh, mm-hmm. I like it, and I, I feel like Mokayev is poised for something great. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Next up, we have Sam Patterson taking on Yanal Ashmos, and this is at 155. I, I don't care. Yeah, duh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of like fresh debuting prospect fighters of right. ten and one uh, versus a six and zero. Oh. I'm fine with it. You know they've got to put these guys somewhere, but I'm not interested. Uh, next up, we have Chris Duncan taking on Omar Morales at 155. Uh, you know, it's a lot of local regional guys filling the cards here, so mm-hmm. I'm sure it's going to be great. Where, now. where, where is the fight again? I'm sorry. Oh, London. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. 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 No. So, I'm. I'm not really concerned with this bout. I'm sure it's going to be great, but I'm. I'm going to take a flyer. John mm. is as well. 
uh, Eugene. Yep. All yep. right. Now here's where we start getting in our good cares. Jack Shore taking on Masquan Americani. Woo! I'm taking Jack Shore. There's yeah. no two ways about it. John is yeah. also taking Jack Shore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's and Eugene, as soon as he heard Jack Shore, yeah. that was all yeah, that needed yeah, to be yeah. said. He's a big fan. Yeah, there you go. That dude's got hands for show. All right. I love this fight too. Roman Delize taking on Marvin Vittori. That is a banger right there. I mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. fight. You know what? A lot of people are saying that Delize doesn't have the um the 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 composure to take on a Marvin Vittori and win. I disagree. I think Roman Delize is growing leaps and bounds from one fight to the next. I'm sorry. I'm gonna take Delize here. I'm gonna I'm gonna be bold. Well, you know, um, I mean, all the stuff I just said about Georgians, <laughs> I think applies. Uh, okay, Vittori is not is not Russian, so maybe not as, but um, uh, but they're tough cats. And if I remember, you know, dude was at ADCC. He's, you know, he was he's already been a, a champion, um, which is not something that Vittori has, has done. Yeah, he's only twelve and. What, what, I don't know what his record is, but um, and and also I've, I've seen some stuff with Vittori that um, uh, that I that I found worrisome, and I you know I it, I don't know how to describe describe it, but it's it's happened to a few fighters before where it, like it happened to Gustafson, um, and where it's like he clearly thought he beat John Jones, uh, that that first fight sulked, got weird, quit, came back. And then fought him again, and then of course was not nearly at that point. John Jones was like, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> never, never again. I should actually train for this one and not get high the entire time, and uh, and beat the pants off him." And I think Vittori, the sense of um, what is it word I'm looking for uh, entitlement. Yeah, it, it can be can can ruin you as a fighter. And uh, I I usually am really big on Vittori, but not against Elite. I'm not going to take him. Okay, so you're picking Elite. I am. Okay, John is taking the Tory. So it'll be cool whenever Delize sparks him up. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right. So next up, this is the fight that I wanted to be on the main card, and God bless, they put it. <laughs> Jennifer mm-hmm. Maya taking on Casey O'Neill. Casey King Casey O'Neill is nine and oh now. She just mm-hmm. keeps winning. Jennifer Maya is twenty. Nine and one. So she's got 20 wins, nine losses, one, uh, either a no contest or a draw. Let me see here. Let me open this up. I believe it's a draw, though. Um, let's see here. Yeah, she has a draw against Kalindra Faria. So she's, you know, she's got a solid veterans record. But King Casey O'Neill, I. Hmm. Let's look at her wins. Let's, let's mm-hmm. just take a look back here. She's got the win over Roxanne Modafferi back um, in February of last year. Which is almost enough for me. Uh, she's got the win over Antonina Shevchenko. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a win over Alara Fritzen. She's got a win over Shauna Dobson. Mm-hmm. Those are the – okay, those three um, – Roxanne Modafferi and Antonina Shevchenko and Shauna Dobson are the only notable names on her entire record. Now, she retired Roxanne. Roxanne was well on her way out. 
and mm-hmm. Tina is terrible, and so is Shauna Dobson. So I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking Jennifer Maya has a very, very good chance of taking this. So I'm actually taking Jennifer Maya. She's got good grappling. She's got decent striking. Yep, I'm taking mm-hmm. Her wins are more uh, important, too. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, How old is she? Who? Jennifer? Uh, let's see here. Jennifer is 34. And let's see here. King Casey O'Neill is 25. Mm, wow. And T- Jennifer- Timo, Timo person would it dictate that I should pick Maya here. You should. But I, I bet I hear a daylight thing coming. John mm. didn't pick this fight. The reason why is because they're not ranked. Although I would imagine that whoever wins out of this get gets gets some shine. So, where's Casey from? Casey is from looks like Scotland. Ah, uh, yeah, no, no, no. I'll pick Jeff Meyer. Alrighty. Okay, so now we get to Gunnar Nelson versus Brian Barbarena. Not really an important fight, but it's probably going to be good. I'm actually going to pick it. I know John passed on it, but I'm going to pick it because Brian Barbarina has insane cardio and just that attitude of I'm going to throw from the second they say I can until that final, that final whistle, that final bell, until they say I have to stop. I'm going to throw. And if my arms are 500 pounds, I'm still going to try and lift them. That is Brian Barbarina in a nutshell. And then you have Gunny Mm. Nelson, who has this insanely good grappling and a fairly decent striking game. I mean, this is a pick 'em fight. I like it. It's the it, it, we're we're almost at the co-main event here. The next fight is the co-main event. I I think it's perfectly serviceable, and you know it's in Europe, so it makes sense. I like it. I am tentatively going to take Nelson. You you yeah, tentatively you go you take your hand off the piece. Are you gonna? I, I did. It? My hand is off the piece. Yeah. Okay. Well, you I just say tentative, the word tentative, you the word that, tentatively. I say tentatively, and that I'm not super sure about my pick, but I'm gonna I make see. it. I yeah. see. Okay. Um, when it's been a long, that's almost a dark star name. When yeah. was the last time Nelson fought? Nelson fought last. Um, let's see here. Last March, so a year ago. And did he, he win? He he won. He beat Takashi Sato. He had a fight booked with Daniel Rodriguez, and something happened with that. Let me see if I can find out why. About uh, Rodriguez withdrew for some reason, so it's not his fault that he didn't fight that uh, in the last year. I'm I think I'm gonna pick Bob Reno. All right, that's a good pick. I mean, this when I said it's a pick, it really is. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, because that, that plus it gives Ben for a whole week or so I could talk about Barbarino. <laughs> All right, so we back. are getting sorry. Just I'm going back to welcome back Carter for those who don't know what the hell I was just doing. <laughs> All right. Oh, you know what? I forgot. John did pick Mohammed Mokayev. I just saw it. It's buried in the middle of all these other ones. Um. So I'll recap that at the end. But anyways. We're at the co-main event. And boy, is this one 
man, this could carry a, a pay-per-view, in my opinion. Justin Gaethje versus Rafael Fiziev. Good God. Yep. What a banger. I don't know which way to go. I, I'm thinking Fiziev. You know, Justin's been through way more wars than Fiziev has. I uh, yeah I think uh, um, I think so I mean it, it seems like Justin would use his grappling here but he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to like he's got it and he knows he has it but he's like one of those cats who's falling in love with his hands so I I, I don't know I think I'm gonna pick this year for for this as well I it just feels like uh, again that weird sense of entitlement I can see like. You know, maybe Justin going like, well, I'm even fighting this guy. Why am I even fighting this guy? You know, why, why, how come they don't have a championship thing ready for me yet? And it's like, bro, you got to earn your way back to that. And that starts with not a very easy fight for you in terms of Viziev. And if Viziev has been smart, he's been doing exactly what uh, Volkov has been doing <laughs> and what people who stay in the top five or top ten do. And that's, you know, it's mixed martial arts. Work on your grappling. Yep. Uh, John is also taking Fiziev, so we're in 100% agreement on that fight. And now we reach the main event. Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman. This is the rematch. We all know the drill. Kamaru Usman was beating the brakes off of Leon Edwards, and then the head kick, and that was it. Do we think Leon Edwards can replicate a win here? Personally, I don't think so. I'm actually going to take Usman here. Yeah, I, I am. I, I love the Cinderella story aspect of it. And uh, to, honest to God, I really wish that. Uh, uh, listen, I told you I was in Birmingham like three weeks before the fight. And I'm in this uh, in this uh, bed and breakfast where they had the band stay because I was playing uh, Supersonic, the tour, the show there. And the guy who's serving me, he says, are you into sport? And I go, sports? No. He goes, sport? Do you train? I go, yeah. And he turns out he trains at Edwards Gym. And we got into a heated discussion about about the upcoming fight. And I was like, he doesn't have it here. He goes, he's going to pull it out. I'm telling you right now, here's my email. Give me your email. I want to gloat when when it happens. Mm. And sure enough, I did hear from the guy. <laughs> and, and I was like, you're right. You're right. You know, his, his niece trains with him, says he's a top guy, but that he's actually really he's in he's killing it so the, the idea between the championship win and now that he would have actually decided to fix the whole massive holes in regards to grappling i don't i don't see that as being out of the question it would be nice for him to win i just don't think it's going to happen all right well john is also taking kamaru usman so once again we are in agreement so to recap we are all picking the Mokaya Filio fight, but only John and I are taking Muhammad Mokayev. Eugene is taking Filio. We are all taking Jack Shore. Eugene and I are taking Roman Delize, but John is taking Marvin Vittori. Eugene and I are picking Jennifer Maya. Eugene and I are also picking the Gunny Nelson Brian Barbarina fight, but I am taking Nelson. Eugene is picking Barbarina. Barbarina. <laughs> we are all <laughs> taking Rafael Fiziev, and we are all taking Kamaru Usman. So there you have it, folks. How and many picks? Is, uh, how many picks do we have on a fifteen? Okay, 15 you and card? I have seven, 
and wow. John has no. You and I have eight, and John has six. So that's over five hundred. Okay. No, uh, right. I'm sorry. I take it back. You and I have seven. John has five. I, I had. I have a bunch of scratch marks here. Okay, so we're under five hundred. So yes. that's, that that yeah. that sounds sounds like it makes more sense to me. Yes. Okay. All right. So, All right. Now, what I need from you, sir, is to tell us what you got going on. Um, I got I got a really weird Substack uh, um, that if for those fans of seventy TV. Um, will it, it will appreciate sort of to but i have really weird mixed feelings about it because it's like uh who was it who decided darby crash decided he wanted to kill himself and then it happened to be like the day after before either lennon got shot or elvis died which completely overshadowed the impact he was hoping it would have uh his suicide so i i i think that robert blake's uh death the day after International Women's Day, pretty much single-handedly guaranteed that nobody was gonna gonna be celebrating the wife killer uh, that that he was. But I tried to give uh, I tried to give a, a rendering of my feelings because he was super significant for me for a long time, um, probably up until the wife killing. And uh, so I kind of grapple with that in the Substack. So as look what you made me do, Eugene Robinson Substack. Uh, this is an off week for uh, Bad Boss Brief, uh, but if you sh- you can still hear the last one, which is phenomenal, <laughs> because it's if your boss has a drug and alcohol problem, you have a drug and alcohol problem. So find it on on YouTube. Uh, you know, click notifications so you know when the new shows are coming up. And then uh, the Showstopper. Um, if I don't die filming an Oxbow music video in this weather catastrophe that we're having right now, <laughs> which is where I'm going as soon as the show ends. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, you can follow Eugene on Twitter at Eugene S. Robinson and on Instagram. That's Mr. Thre- Mr. Sleep and the number three. 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 So and John is on Twitter at Hey Not the Face, and I am there at Crooklyn MMA. So and follow that- us all on the newly reconstituted Bloody Elbow on Substack. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So on that fine note, we're gonna wrap the show. Until next time, please stay safe. Just a little reminder that you could support the MMA Vivid section, the MMA Depressed Us, and the sixth round post-fight show simply by going to patreon.com slash MMA Vivisection. With three different tiers ranging from $3 to $7, it's incredibly easy to show support to your favorite analysts, Zane, Connor, Eddie, and Phil. So if you have a few dollars to spare, please consider us. Thank you so much. Is editorial writing. And um, doing editorial writing, there's always a question of, is there a squeeze on you? What what are you going to say you know, do, do we have, you know, financial backers who are also in bed with the UFC or Bellator or you can't say this and you can't mm-hmm. say that. And that's something that I always love about Bloody Elbow is that, you know, it, like, like for me, Bloody Elbow is like the only remaining blog. And that sounds like a diss to a lot of people, especially in a journalistic sense. But I mean it in the best way possible. Because I know for a fact that almost every person 
who makes a decision in this sport, whether it's someone from the UFC, from Bellator, from one championship, Ryzen, people who work for athletic commissions, they read Bloody Elbow every day. Every fucking day. And for me, it feels kind of like the last bastion where people can... I, I don't think it's the only good source of MMA editorial writing, but it feels like, for me, the last bastion of MMA editorial writing where people can just be honest. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, the Level Change Podcast, the MMA Vivisection, the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, 6th Round Retro, The MMA Depressed Us, Crooklyn's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, The Hey Not The Face Podcast, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow Blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com. Thank you all for your ongoing support in our journey to take Bloody Elbow independent. Please subscribe today to bloodyelbow.substack.com. With your support, we can continue to provide you with your best source of MMA content 24-7-365. Thanks so much for listening.